Welcome to Africa on Focus, where we share our success stories. Africa, the continent, the young diaspora, entrepreneurs, influencers, change makers, and so much more. I'm Miss Abba, and this is Africa on Focus, the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Africa on Focus. My name is Donnie Addison, live from Amsterdam. So today we have, as promised, a special, a really special guest in, in our midst, in, our, in the building. And she goes by the name Ursula Mabolia, right? Yes. All right. So what's the topic for today? Today we'll be talking about, um, I, do, I don't really like the term daddy issues, so perhaps... Uh, she could explain to me what that really means and if there's any debt to it. But she has a book, new book out, which is called Grieving Daughters. And we'll hear everything about that and as well as everything about her. Because I haven't heard from her until this interview. So um, if you're tuned in now, um, then I hope you have your pen and paper ready. Because I know that you are going to enjoy this show. It's anything about to do with, uh, uh, with, well, not single mothers, but let's say um, grieving daughters. Literally, the title says it. Daughters who have probably lost their fathers or um, have don't have their fathers in their uh, what in the when they're growing up, right? So in the upbringing. So anything from that, let's say the psychological impact of it, the physical impact, all of that I'm about to discuss with our guests of today. So she does many things I've noticed. You know, I, I Googled her and she has a link tree where you have the Solange Foundation, I have Pinterest, LinkedIn, all of that. So I'm really keen to find out what else is she doing. But let me leave it up to her to introduce herself. So, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Um, thank you so much for making it. I know last minute we had to do some rescheduling. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to have this conversation like uh, weeks before, right? Yes, that's correct. Um, but um, due to circumstances, we had to reschedule. So, thank you so much for making it today. Thank you for allowing me to be here. You are welcome. And uh, I think it's more of our honor and pleasure than it is um, for you so ursula can you please can you please tell me more about yourself you can probably start with um what this book you have a grieving daughters mm-hmm. right and before we dive into the book i am personally interested in who the author is so can you tell me more about you yourself where you're from and all that basic uh detail yes so thank you for the question so i am ursula mabolia um i'm from congolese descent but i was born and raised here in the netherlands um i'm a christian i'm a child of god um (laughs) i have a scientific background i studied um laboratory sciences Uh, i have a non-profit called solange foundation that was actually inspired by my father so um, it's a nonprofit where we help the elderly, the orphans, and students in my home country, yeah. which is the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, yes, besides that, I go to church regularly. Um, I give Bible studies. I'm in a choir. So uh, that's a bit about myself. Yeah. Okay. So and I wrote a book. <laughs> right. So when in the Netherlands are you? Where do you... Let's say reside. Where do you live? So right now I reside in Almere, but uh-huh. I was born and raised in The Hague. 
So the, that oh. is my place. <laughs> you were Miss Alba, sir. Shout out to Miss Alba. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, the Hague. All right, um, Ursula, can you tell me more about the person behind um, this book? So the grieving daughters, like what made you, what, what is the, what was that in your background that made you or inspired you to write a book? So first of all, writing a book was one of my childhood dreams. But usually when you have a dream as a child, sometimes you forget as you grow up. So uh, last year, in the beginning of the year, I really felt in my heart that it was time to write. And I wanted to write something that was close to my heart. So um, I always had this idea of writing about my father. My father passed away when I was five years old, actually two months before I turned six. And um, I decided to write about that, to to write about how it was for me growing up without him, how it affected my family. And then afterwards, as I was in the writing process, I said to myself, I don't just want to write about myself because otherwise people are just going to look at the book as if it's just something to feel sorry for. Yeah. But in the book, I did a research because I wanted to know if the emotions I had, if it if it was the same for other women who also grew up without a father. In my case, my father passed away. But being fatherless is not just when your father passed away. It's also if maybe through a divorce, you don't see your father that often. Mm -hmm. And you also have women who actually have their fathers in their lives, but their fathers aren't emotionally present. And by doing my research, I actually found out that all the emotions that I had, at least most of them, it corresponds with women in general who who grew up without a father. So that is a bit what I also put in the book. And that is a bit the background behind the book itself. Yeah. So then is the book... Let's say about you specifically. So in in case some someone wants to know who Ursula is. So then they yeah. should pick up the book and the book will tell them any everything about there there is to know. Well, them. I don't I don't think the book will tell everything, but it will tell a big part of my life. I actually have certain people with whom I've gone to church for like some years now. Yeah. And they were some of the people that did a proofreading. Uh-huh. And after they did a proofreading, they were like, now I finally know who you really are. <laughs> so the book, in essence, is about my experiences, but I also put some research in it. But the basis of the book is indeed my own experiences. Yeah, and, and you basically saying your experiences are not um, only yours. This, this is an experience many other um, women in your position have probably they they share the same yeah so when it comes to experience um of course everybody has their own story so everybody has their own experience but what i can say is similar is um the emotions attached to it okay. so for example one of the things that i really had is i i felt this extreme emptiness um i grew up feeling constant, wait, wait, that's uh, that's in the book um like in in the yeah in essence it's in a, okay in we will we'll get okay. to that <laughs> okay we'll get to that in a minute okay okay um because before you you touch on that so that that's where we dive into okay the but i do know that um like for you mm-hmm. starting to write a book like what made you be like because you said it was a it's always been a dream of yours yeah but that dream has to had come from somewhere mm-hmm. and to write a book, why write it about yourself or why not pick a subject 
just out there and then do research on that and actually publish a book on based on my on, on that research that you've done why start with you and yourself um that's a really good question i think because i wanted to write something that was personal mm. um as i said one of the reason that i had a dream to write a book is because as a child i read a lot And I read a lot of novels. So actually, my primary dream was to write novels. That was my primary dream. And hopefully one day I will still be able to do it. But um, I just really got the inspiration to write about this. I think maybe God led me. Um, but it was really something that was really on my heart. Mm -hmm. And um, as I was just busy writing and when I decided to do the research and I started to talk to other women... I started to get a lot of feedback about this is this is really an important subject. Oh, wow. um, I'm I'm so happy that you're talking about this. So I think it is um, it is a subject that needs to be discussed, especially in this generation. There are a lot of single mothers. This is really a generation that has a lot of single mothers. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how is your healing process going? How is my healing process going? <laughs> Um, was there even a healing process? The thing was, when I was in my healing process, I didn't know that I was in a healing process. <laughs> yeah, I, di I didn't know that. I actually, when I started writing, is when I read, is when at that moment I realized that I'm okay. So I didn't really know that I was per se going through a process. I think a part of my process was the fact that um, I found my peace in God. So I've always been very active in church. And um, with that, I was able to find my healing process. So, yeah. Okay. So, because I asked, is this writing the book, was it part of your process? As in, if other people who might be in your situation, maybe mm -hmm. it could help them with mm -hmm. you know, writing a book, could help them uh, um, heal from whatever, um, you know, thing they have as a grieving daughter. So this wasn't part of yours, as in you become, became conscious of a process Yes. after the y process, which yes. is really interesting. So I, when I started writing, I, I didn't necessarily write as a way to, um, to get healing. I didn't know that I just remembered right now when I was younger, when I was like 14, 15, what I did a lot is I would write poems sometimes about my okay. dad and stuff like that. But I do advise people, um, not just if you are a father's daughter, but just if you go in any types of pain, I do advise to write. Because for me, as I was writing, when you, for example, one of the things I wrote about the day that I heard about my father's passing, like when you are writing, you literally go back yeah, to that yeah. moment. So you refill those images, like you feel them again. And sometimes people are scared to feel those emotions but i believe that to heal you need to feel that mm -hmm. and um like i don't know if i'm uh, if you want me to explain the title later but i i'll just i'll, I'll just touch a little bit on it because it's yeah, about healing yeah. in a yeah. sense is yeah. that um what i had to learn is that healing doesn't mean that you won't miss your father healing also doesn't mean that you will not stop stop loving him so Um, healing basically means that the pain that you feel, like for example, for me, the pain that I still have is on Father's Day, is a pain that I feel it isn't a crutch anymore. Okay. That is the healing. And when I was writing, of course, I go back. And of course, there were times that I was crying. But after the crying, I wasn't broken. 
after the crying, I was okay. I was able to continue. So um, for those who are in, who, who are or have been in my situation, you don't necessarily need to write a book, mm. but try to write it because writing helps you to reflect. Writing helps you to go into the deep emotions and writing also helps you to see the things that you have gone through and the things that you survived. So, right. Yeah, I myself, I love reading and I also write. Um, I'm also writing a book on myself, <laughs> but not from the perspective of um, necessarily going through stuff. I don't know. I just find it important. Let's say if I'm not there to st- tell my children my story, mm-hmm. that they can always refer to. Yeah. Um, something that oh this is this is dad or this is my grandfather all of it is in here um but that's really interesting and uh, you know i love the fact that you just simply started writing on your own on your own let's say history or your own experience mm-hmm. um but this is a question that just came to mind what is what did you major in like in your studies um biology biology so yeah biology okay. and laboratory sciences Okay, okay, interesting. All right, so let's dive into the book, Grieving Daughters. Why the title? The title sounds kind of like it's a pessimistic. <laughs> it yeah. sounded to me. Like, wait, really? Grieving Daughters? <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless it's a novel with a happy ending. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so can you please tell me where did you get the, ti- the inspiration for the title? And yeah, how did you really come up with the title? And what made you decide? Definitely that this this is going to this is a fitting title for the, my story. Yes. Yeah, so um, the people that were with me with me from the start of the process, they actually know that Grieving Daughters wasn't the original title. Uh-huh. The original title was Fatherless Daughters. But um, but I actually found out there are there are a lot of books with that title. And because I was speaking about fatherless women and me myself, I was like, I think that's a fitting title. But then at a certain moment, I was like, um, there are already books with that title and I want a different title. And then it just came up to me, Grieving Daughters. Mm -hmm. The reason for that title is that um, when a father leaves you or he dies or he is absent, um, as I said before, is that um, even when you are healed from it, just the meaning that the pain isn't necessarily a crutch, but you will always miss your dad. So, so a part of you will always grieve and will always grieve the time that you never had. Will always grieve, um, for my own example, when I, um, when I graduated high school, it got, um, I did half of, when I graduated high school, I remember that my mom and my sisters came to my graduation. Yeah. And after, you know, they called my name, I got my degree. One of the things that my mom did is like, she was in the crowd. So when I went to her, she hugged me for like five minutes straight. And those are things that stay with you. And you're like, of course, it touches me. And I was so happy. But at the same time, you're like, I wish my dad was here. So you will always have a moment where, in a way, you will grieve him. And of course, it's been over 20 years that my dad passed away. So it's not like in the beginning that you're grieving every day. Like every day you're crying, every day, no. Mm -hmm. But there are still moments um, that I miss him. And I believe that that is something for um, for fatherless daughters in general. And that's why I also say that healing doesn't mean that you will stop missing a person, that you will stop loving a person. So that's why the title Grieving Daughters. Yeah, okay. That's, I mean, that makes sense. And it actually has a more positive um, tonation to yeah, it than <laughs> when I read <laughs> grieving, um, grieving Daughters. Well, if you just tuned in, I'm 
here talking um, with uh, Miss Ursula Mabolia. Yes. Uh, from Congolese descent, so I have to get used to the name. Um, we're talking about her new book, which is out. Is it out already, or is it? No, it's coming out in two weeks. It's coming out in two in, in two, two weeks. weeks. You know, so I told my uh, my younger sister that I'm having this interview um, on African Focus with um, Ursula. I just like, so she asked me, "What is it about?" It's a book um, called Raving Daughters. Okay, can you tell me about it? Yeah, it's about, you know, people, um, well, ladies or girls who have had, um, who hasn't had their father mm-hmm. in their childhood. Before I even finished that sentence, she was like, I want a copy. Oh, wow. So I even forgot to ask you, can you please bring two copies or one copy? Oh, well, I do oh. already have the copies at home. So if oh, you would have told me, I would have brought I them. know, I, oh, yeah. man. So she, she, I mean, she loves that because, um, let's say, um, she can, she has a connection with that. Let mm-hmm. me put it in that way. Um, so I know that she would like to read more, um, on that topic. So yeah, um, so for the listeners, uh, we're talking indeed about uh, grieving daughters. Uh, we're about to dive right into it, but first, you know, let me give you some, uh, some good song to listen to and then if you can you know if you can join um the conversation um but before that also um, feel free to share like comment um on our uh, instagram or on this video if you're watching and listening we'll be right back in a minute radio station here in the west and today we have a guest we have a guest um with us she goes by the name Miss Ursula Mabolia, and we we actually been talking for let's say half an hour now, and we're about to dive into the purpose of, of her coming here on this uh, radio show, namely her book Grieving Daughters. So, so Ursula, you already told us where the title is from. You already mm-hmm. gave us, you know, um, your background, your history, and what made you want to write this book. Mm-hmm. But I know this such a book is not only important for women who have who have who share this experience with you, right? As well as for the readers. But your readers are not only the women; your readers also also men. Mm-hmm. Which men in particular, and actually, why is it important for men to read your book as well? Um, actually, all men. And with men, I would say young, old. Um, if you're a father, if you're a husband. Like for all men. Um, the reason for that is that, first of all, is to inform them um, on how f- fatherless women behave sometimes. Because I believe that we live in a generation and a time where there are a lot of fatherless women. So it is also for men to understand their behavior and to be more comprehensive and maybe even try to help. But on the other hand, it's also for them um, to see that they have a big impact on the lives of women and especially in the lives of their daughters. So um, hopefully if a man reads the book and he happens to have a pregnant girlfriend or he happens to have a little daughter that he isn't really present in his life, that he will click and be like, no, I don't want my daughter to have this level of pain. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be present. Right. And also, so then the purpose of this book really is to educate fathers, educate fellow women, Mm-hmm. what would you like them to t- 
take from this book or what is the purpose what is the essence of this book so um it goes both ways so for the women who are um dealing with this the essence is that um there is light at the end of the tunnel is for them to know that at the end of things things is going to be okay and also for them to um pinpoint certain issues so for example um one of the things that I had, for example, is a low self-esteem that I had growing up. But I never knew that it was attached to the fact that I didn't grow up without a father. So it's also for them to be like, oh, so this emotion that I have is linked to this. Mm-hmm. So when you can know the root of something, you can get healed from it. And um, for the man, uh, wait, I think I lost my, myself as I was speaking. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm an introvert. So I talk and at the same time I'm thinking, oh, so sorry. So, um, so as I said, for the men, um, the purpose of the book is indeed to inform them, to inform of their importance, um, to inform that they have a great responsibility in society. I think that a lot of men, especially when you're younger, you do not realize that um, you are the first face of a man that your daughter will see. Right. So if you are, I, I even like in my research, I even found out that if you if you grow up with a loving father, uh, because men marry their 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 mothers and the daughters they marry their fathers. Is so, wait, is that true? I think in the in the big part it's true. That's of course there are exceptions, but I think it is it, like for like ninety percent is true because they even say wow. that um, when you have like a loving father, you will you will try to look for that in your future partner. Mm-hmm, but course. if you are, you didn't grow up with a father um, or you didn't really have that emotional connection, you will try to seek that attention from men and then usually you fall in the hands of the wrong men. And of course, there are exceptions, mm-hmm. but a lot of fatherless women, they are prey to pimps. Mm-hmm. They are prey to... Let, let's get right into that. So yeah. what what is, for instance... You're already touching on that. Mm-hmm. What is there in the book, mm-hmm. right? Which is particularly in the case of one who hasn't grown up with a father. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the symptoms? What does she do? Uh, what? How does she feel about it? And how do they go about it? Like, to give a clear understanding of, all right, so using your case. All right, so... You were born, you lost your father, and mm-hmm. this is what you felt. You felt low esteem, and mm-hmm. this is how it showed, and this is how you did it, and this is how you, yeah. right? Can you can you give me one of those examples to see uh, if if I can recognize some people <laughs> who might think, yeah, hey, so, I recognize um, this? There are, there are different effects. Like, we just touched, for example, on relationships. Mm-hmm. So, um, you will see that a fatherless daughter will sooner from a younger age, you will be looking for men. There are, of course, two categories. There are those that are very prone to seek for men early because they want a certain love and affection and attention. But there are also other people who fall a bit under my category who have um, a certain fear of men. So I I don't think I, like, I I didn't really write about it about um, in my book, per se. But one of the things that I really had is that when... I, 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 to be honest, I think I still have it sometimes is that when I'm walking on the street and I see a group of men, something in me panics. 
Like something in me feels like they can harm me, they can hurt me, but maybe they're just chilling, talking to each other. They don't even see me. So what I would sometimes do is I would either take like this big detour (laughs) or if there wasn't a way to take a detour, I would just walk past them, but I would walk with my head down to not draw attention. But there's also other women who for them, they want to have so much attention that they become loud. They do everything to get attention, maybe even um, dress in a certain way, speak in a certain way, um, behave out of character just because they want to have attention. So that is um, on the part of relationships. But there is also a mental health aspect. Yeah. For please. example, me, um, I don't necessarily know if I was depressed, but I did know that I grew up being always sad. And sometimes there wasn't even a reason for me to be sad. I always felt lonely. I always felt sad. I always felt misunderstood. So you have the mental part where um, people get depressed, where people get anxiety. Like one of the anxieties that I had is, um, now I'm okay. But when I was younger, I was always afraid that my mother would die. Like I had this anxiety. I was like, I think she's going to die just like my dad did. So when I was younger, people would always think that I was close to my mom because I'm the youngest. So people would think that I was close to my mom because I'm the youngest. But actually, what I would always do, I always wanted to sleep in my mom's bed and stuff like that. And people would think, oh, you know, she's the youngest, so she's just being a baby. But for me, it was a way to protect my mother. Oh, wow. So one of the things that I did is that when my mom was sleeping, was sleeping I would wake up and then I would put my ear on her chest to make sure that her heart was beating. So those were like the stuff that I did because I had terrible anxiety about that. And then you have also physical aspect is um, like eating disorders. Some become anorexic, others become obese. So um, it's not just only in the relationships. There are different aspects that can affect a person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, there are, of course, uh, lots of topics, lots of uh, um, uh Let's say lots of details you can uh, make with with just this subject, mm-hmm. right? It's it's so big. You can like you know go the mental health side. You can also go the um, behavioral psychology side of it. Um, there's this whole lots of lots of as- uh, different aspects. What is the aspect that you focus on the most in this book? Um, the aspect that I focus on the most was, um, the emotional part, because I, um, for example, for me, I spoke a lot of my thought process and my emotions. And as you said, it is a very wide subject. So, um, even some people even tell me right now, maybe you should write a 2.0 because the subject is really wide. And I even think that I haven't even scratched the surface of what, it really means and and how it really affects people. So in my case, I focus really on the emotional part of it. Yeah. And is it more from your perspective as in how you experience it? And, and okay, so then what kind of research do you use to back it up? Like, because you said that there is research mm-hmm. in it. What type of re- research did you do? So one of the research was Google. That's one of the research. The second research is that I actually interviewed women. So um, I interviewed some women that I knew personally. So I just asked them, um, what is your testimony? Like, how, what, what was your experience with, uh, with uh, growing up without a father? 
And then I also made um, a questionnaire, which about 100 women filled in. So what I basically did is I sent it around in groups I know on Facebook. So there are women that filled in that I don't even know. So women in Canada, in the U.S., uh, certain countries in Europe, in Holland. So um, women of different backgrounds, different ethnicities. Um, so that is also um, the way that I got m- my data. Basically. Can we can we get to some of your findings? Um, um some of the findings. Um. I say from the questionnaires. Yeah, wait, let me see, let me see. Um, one of the findings is that, um, if I remember it correctly, but of the 100 women, most of them lost their fathers between the ages of 0 to 5 or 0 to 6, so a bit around my age at the time. So I remember that that to me was like, well, that is... That is yeah, kind of special yeah. that a lot of the women that filled it in, they lost it um, in oh. in really the early, early stages of their lives. Um, what like there were there were some questions that I had. Wait, let me think. Um, yeah, there were there were different questions. Like one of the questions I asked is, oh, yes. So one of the questions I asked was. Are you still in contact with your father's family? Mm. That is one of the questions I asked because I I'm not going to really talk about it, but it's something I also wrote about in my book about um, my contact with my father's family, and I actually found out, which to me was shocking, is that just like me, a lot of women that are fatherless they don't really have a contact with their father's family, mm-hmm. and. I'm not sure why that is, because I think family is family, but for some kind of reason when your father vanishes, the contact with his family also <laughs> vanishes. I don't know. So those were some of the findings that were really um that were really shocking to me. Well, I mean, I would I would I would think that because you lose your father at such a young age, mm-hmm. you basically let's say grow estranged from that side of the family. Because it's like mm. you stay on your mom's end and unless your mom has a relationship with her family mm-hmm. herself, then you probably will go back. But if she herself didn't have a close relationship with the family mm-hmm. outside of um, her partner, then then uh, definitely there that relationship, you are not going to grow up around um those yeah, people. yeah. I, b- I believe that is true in a sense. Is uh, I believe that is true in a sense. But I also believe, for example, in my in my case, um, I was young, yeah. so I believe that in a certain sense, the father's family do have to reach out and they do have to. So, um, but now that I am older, um, I I have reached out to them and I'm 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 building a relationship with them. And to be honest, oh yeah, that was a question that you asked in the beginning, but I forgot about about the healing process. That to me also helped in my healing process. Okay. Because um, your father basically forms your identity. So because I didn't grow up with because I didn't grow up with my father's family or with my dad, there was a certain part of me that um, was missing, and I felt that I didn't really find myself. And also, I look like my dad. Like mm. like oh, I, that's, that's yeah. Funny. So I look I look like my dad. So um, in the book, I actually also talk about the how I reconnected with my father's family. 
And uh, when I saw them again after like 15 years. And in the book, I am actually like, I'm going to give a little disclaimer. So in the book, I'm talking to my uncle. But I am the type of person I can talk to you. But at the same time, I'm thinking. And so in the book, I'm explaining how I'm, I'm, I'm talking with my uncle. But as I'm talking to him, I realized that we have the same facial features. Ah. And to me, it was like I found Almost a piece scary. of myself. Ah. To me, it was like I f- like in, in your uncle. Yes, but in oh. like in also my aunties and my cousins, it was like I found a piece of my dad in them, and it gave me peace. And f- when I saw them, it was like I found myself. So, um, just a small advice for those who can, um, when there is an open line. A part of healing is also just reconnecting with your dad's family. But like you know, that can be very, very scary. And, uh, you know, you are insecure, this and that. You don't know where to begin. Um, and on top of that is, it's you don't want to... It's emotionally draining. Mm. Let me put it that way, right? Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people, um, I think, let's, let's say for the people I know, um, find it exhausting to Mm. even begin such a Mm. um such a journey Mm -hmm. however i have also noticed it's crucial for them they could they could literally they could they couldn't enjoy their lives without that aspect like Mm. is this is this hole which they really have to um have to find out how did you start it like I have out? to reconnect. Yeah. Like what made you think, you know what? I have, I still feel this gap. Let me do something with it. It was actually a preaching that caused me to do it. So it's, it was pre-COVID. So I think it's like three years, almost four years ago. Um, It was Father's Day. It was Father's Day and our pastor was like, usually on Father's Day, our, our, our pastor preaches on fatherhood and how it's important and how you need a fatherly blessing. And he said to us, actually, he gave, he gave us an assignment and he said, um, try, if you have a bad relation with your father, try to fix it. No. So I couldn't fix it. I, I, could, I couldn't fix my relationship with my dad because, to be honest, I, and I don't have an issue with my dad. He just passed away. So it's not that we had a bad relationship. So I said to myself, um, it's been a long time that I haven't seen my dad's family. How about I just give myself the assignment to reconnect with them? So, um, you know, Facebook, everybody's connected. Yeah. <laughs> Thank so, God for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so I wrote a message to one of my family members and they were excited. They was like, yeah, of course, you can come. Like, we can see each other. Are they are they in Congo or? Also? No, they are here in Europe, okay. but I will not name the country. They're in a different country. Okay. And um, I think when the person said yes, maybe max two weeks later, I took the bus. I went there and... Um, so I actually stayed at the house of one of my cousins and most of my dad's family live in the country. We are like the only one that lives here in Holland. So I went there and then out of the blue, like a lot of them came to visit me. And I remember it, it did me so well. Like it, like I felt peace and I felt joy. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about it that I wrote is that at a certain moment, I was talking to my uncle because he came to visit me at my cousin's house. 
And at a certain moment after talking, I excuse myself. So you have the living room downstairs and the rooms are upstairs. So I walked up the stairs. And as I was walking, um, I heard my uncle talking to my cousin. So I stopped walking. So I stopped walking and I listened. And my uncle said, seeing her did me well. And when he said that, it really touched me. And I thought to myself, seeing them did me well too. So after that, when I came back to Holland, even my pastor said, he said like, Ursa, you're normal now. I think like really like it really it really helped you to go and it did like it gave me so much joy so much peace and of course um when you're not in contact with people for such a long time it's not that overnight you're gonna start talking every day no but the door has been opened so that contact that first step has been made and for those who are like yeah but they should reach out yeah but the thing is I did it for myself Because if I hadn't taken the step, they wouldn't have done it. And I think a part of it is also because of shame. Because right now I'm a grown woman and they left me when I was like a child. So I think somewhere is also a part of, is also shame that they weren't there for us. But um, especially if you're a Christian, even if you're not, try to bridge the gap and be the bigger person in this case. Yeah, because it will definitely... uh Make you feel better. Yes. All right. Um, how about this? Because the you know, as you talking, you know, I'm also in, <laughs> I'm also <laughs> thinking while um, listening to you and also um, talking back with you. For people who, let's say, for those who reconnect mm-hmm. or let's try to reconnect with um, their father's family, some even don't get the chance to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Like some don't know who their father is. Mm. But you still have this hole. Mm. Is it, do you have anything like an advice or like, do you recognize um, that feeling? Because you had Facebook to like, uh, oh, I know his last mm-hmm. name. I know this and that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've asked my mom and my mom gave me that name. That's yeah. his sister. So I could look her up. Mm-hmm. But some never knew their dad. No name, no country, mm-hmm. nothing. And their their mom is always like, why should I tell her something about someone who mm-hmm. never intended to be there, mm-hmm. right? How about like how about um, those kind of situations? Yes, yeah, so those are very difficult situations, and I thank God that I'm not in those. And I actually have two answers to that. So my first answer is is um, God works in mysterious ways. It means that sometimes God puts father figures in your life. But the issue is with people like us, and I was also like that, is that we reject certain levels of fatherhood because you have a certain wound. So sometimes um, your uncle, maybe on your mother's side, or your pastor or a certain mentor can be a certain figure that will help you to heal and then will help you to get the tools that you were supposed to get as as if your father was around. But um, you have to be willing to be open to that. That is number one. Number two is um, our Heavenly Father is there. Our Heavenly Father is there. And um, the thing is, um, 
if I speak from my own experience, I I grew up in church. I know God. Um, I've been serving in church. But to be very honest, uh, we speak about God the Father. But it took me very long for me to accept God as my father. Very long. The thing is, the, the way that we relate to people, sometimes we also relate to God like that. So very often we are mad. We are like, yeah, but God, why did you allow him, allow him to die? Why did you allow my father to leave? Why did you allow that? So in a certain way, we do not, we accept God as the creator of the universe. We accept God as the one that gives us the anointing to heal the sick. But we do not accept him as our father. And um, there is something that I said is that um, my, nobody can take my father's place. And that is something that I had to learn through life is that there is nobody that can fill my father's shoes because God created my father for these shoes. Mm -hmm. There is nobody that can. So even when you have a mentor or father figure, nobody can fully fill those shoes. The only person that can is God. Okay. So that's why um, if you are a believer and you haven't um, seen God as your father yet, open that part of yourself. If you aren't a believer um, Jesus Christ is there for everybody. So that is really my advice that I can give is, first of all, just open your heart and be open to it. Okay. Um, really, really, um, thank you for that answer. And if I, just just to, let, let's say, just to push back mm -hmm. <laughs> on the part that there's no one who could fill your father's shoes, yeah? Mm. Um, when you say that to yourself, are you making it more difficult mm. to accept or to be open to other levels of father, uh, father figures? Mm -hmm. Or are you, because it sounds like you, yes, you have to open yourself up mm -hmm. um, so you can deal with, also you can, you, you, you can heal the absence of your father. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, saying that no one can fill your father's shoes mm -hmm. is actually saying, Anyone can try, but no one is going to fulfill unless, you know, of course, God. Yeah. Um, but for those who do not know God mm -hmm. necessarily or don't don't have the chance to know Jesus because they, let's say, from another religion or whatnot. Mm -hmm. That will mean that, yeah, so there's actually no way out. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. You know, um, when I say that, it is actually... There was, you know, as I'm talking, that is how I remember things. It was actually that moment when I could say, because you asked about my healing process and my healing process began. What I mean with that is um, I had this hole in my heart. Mm -hmm. um, there, there was this certain level of love and of affection and of attention that I craved for. And the thing is, it's not that my mom didn't give me love or affection or any of those things, but I just missed something. And I would look for that attention from friends. Um, you can sometimes even look from that attention from your leaders in church or just from people around you. But the thing is, that level of love, it's only parents that can have that for their children. That thing of, even if you mess up, I will, I will never give up on you. That thing of, I will wake up in the middle of the night when you have a fever. You know, that is the level of love that... Um, only parents can give and for me it was 
I was tired of getting disappointed. I was tired of expecting a certain level of commitment, a certain level of love, a certain level of affection, and I wasn't getting it. And after just being disappointed for the millionth time, I myself, I just came to that point. I was like, but these people, they are human. It's not that they don't love me, but they cannot love me in the way that I want to be loved because yeah. they are not supposed to love me in that way. I understand. And that's why I said there is nobody that can fill my father's shoes. So yeah, yeah that's the in that way that I said it. And for me, when um, that realization came, for me, it was the moment that I started to heal because it is at that moment that I was like, my pain is not going to be a crush anymore. Like I'm, I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I'm really, I'm really uh, enjoying this uh, conversation. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean that, that, that moment, like when you, when you explained it, I was like, ah, I understand. I can really, um, um, let's say, uh, feel the, the epiphany that comes with such realization right mm-hmm. uh, which is great which is good man these li- these listeners are going to enjoy <laughs> this episode um, i know that for a fact all right so back to the book mm-hmm. for for fathers for men because honestly for men unless you have daughters unless you're married um, unless you take time to study a woman, mm-hmm. there are so many things you just do not understand, right? So this book is, let's say, part of its purpose is to educate, mm-hmm. to inform men, husbands, brothers. What are some of the issues that we men are totally oblivious to? Like we have no idea, we don't know anything or we don't even think it exists with grieving daughters Mm -hmm. that, you know, that we should know. Like one of the things that fathers don't even think about when they're making decisions. Like Mm -hmm. when you tell your woman, you know what? I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. You and your baby, fine. you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's all on you. And it's because you are not allowing me to be with my child. Mm -hmm. So they just, they simply, they, they simply leave. In their mind, they're going through certain emotions, certain decisions, but there's always this one thing that they just overlook mm. simply because they're not women. Mm. Um, so, yeah, one, what is one of those things, if you can uh, um, elaborate on that? One of the things is, as I said before, is that um, women need men or their fathers to develop an identity. Um, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't know why God made us this way, but for example... Your mother can tell you, you look so beautiful today. And it's like, okay. But when your dad says it, it's like, oh my God, he said <laughs> that I'm beautiful. So that's why um, you will also see that sometimes women, they will run after men because they never had that validation. They never had your dad telling you, you're beautiful, you're enough, you are loved. Or, or you know, as I said, being fatherless is not just when your father just wasn't there. Sometimes it's also when your father is there, but he's emotionally not connected. You can come home from school from school and you're like, you know, dad, this and this happened. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, dad, um, ik heb a tien gehaald. And he's like, okay. Like, he doesn't really, like, you don't really have that bond. 
you don't really have that security. So um, a father gives you a certain level of identity. So if your father told you you're beautiful, if a man outside says you're beautiful, it's not going to shake you. Mm. Or even if a man says you're ugly, it's like, yeah, but my dad said I'm beautiful. So those are things that are very important. And that is the reason that you can see a woman, she is super beautiful, super beautiful. But she has a low self-esteem because her dad never told her that she was beautiful. So she doesn't believe it. So even if another person says you're beautiful, she won't believe it. And people like that, it's difficult to be in a relationship with them because you have to affirm them every day. So even if you say today, I love you, like at a certain moment, it's, it's not enough. You have to hear it every five minutes, every 10 minutes. So that's your needed. <laughs> that's your needed. Yeah. Yeah. So to form an, uh, let's say identity, honestly, it is one thing that I don't think we men or we fathers, um, husband, we even think of. Mm-hmm. Like we under, let's say even educated men, right? We understand that it takes to both sides to let's say form an identity of a child, basically. Mm-hmm. However, I think we overlook the the importance of just that you know that be around and be emotionally mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. Um, because it's really it's really necessary. I would ask this, just you know, as we try to end this conversation in, in closing um is there a difference in when someone loses their uh, w- when a father isn't absent in the earlier stages of life or in the younger ages mm-hmm. and is there a difference between that than in the older later um ages like for instance pre pre ten preteen and after teen um I would say yes. I would say that because when you are in your preteens, um, your identity isn't really isn't really formed yet. But when um, your father passes away or becomes absent a bit later on in life, um, of course it it depends at at what age. Mm-hmm. Like for example, somebody who who loses her dad at the age of twenty will be more emotionally stable than one that loses maybe at 12 or 13. So when you are a teenager, in your teens, you have a lot of emotions. So I think that when you when you lose um, a person in your teens, it is also really emotionally disruptive because in your teens, you're still getting a formation of your identity. So I do believe it it has a certain effect on when in your life you lose your father, yeah. Well, shout outs to uh, all the great moms, single moms who have managed to, let's say, um, to build up strong women, mm-hmm. women who have high self-esteem, women who understand their self-worth and are not looking that specifically, um, particularly from other men because they have they have had that reassurance or their mom somehow was able to um, confirm um, those feelings to them that hey you are important you are of value <coughs> and and all of that mm-hmm. and shout outs to the women who despite their wrongdoings of their partners always managed to keep 
him around mm. or gave him the chance to be around the child because mm. some men they simply don't want it mm. but you really have women out there they're like i know you don't want it don't do it for me mm. do it for the child yeah right um so we men we are um definitely um and yeah we we thank women like these especially our single mothers for the good uh, for the work good work that they are actually doing i almost on a lot of occasions when i have get the chance i thank my mothers mm. the single mothers because it's not easy it's not easy <laughs> it is not easy because a grieving daughter like this is a lot of burden for one parent mm. right the emotional the the mood swings this and that trying to find out what's going on and all of it it really has nothing to do with you but you you have to deal with it right yeah so yeah i mean our moms are doing um a lot of a lot of work and most of them are actually succeeding right i mean i can look at you and i'm like whether you like it or not your mom is the one who got you to a point yeah. where you could really you know heal for yourself and all that so i give her a lot of credit um so yeah thank you so much for the book thank you so much for even being here um i have some let's say yeah some some quick questions mm-hmm. what's your last advice what's an advice you've had you have for um grieving daughters we're just gonna keep calling them grieving daughters yeah what's a, a quick a quick advice you have for them so a quick advice is um your pain is valid your pain is true but don't make it a crutch do whatever you need to do to to heal from it your life has a purpose and sometimes we cannot walk in purpose when we are too attached to the past it's okay to miss your dad it's okay to love him but make sure that you do what God called you to do on this earth. So, yeah. And that's a lot of quotables, people. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of quotables. <laughs> um, post that on Instagram. Post that on um, tweet about it. Um, all of that. Um, Ursula, what's what's next for you? What's next? So, um, concerning this, in two weeks, well, in 13 days, uh, we have the book launch. So then the book will be officially available to the masses. The book launch will be on the 12th of February in Amsterdam. And then from that day on, it will be available on Amazon. And for those in Amsterdam, it will also be available at the Belmar bookstore. So, yeah, that is that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, be sure to send us a link or, or where to get that so that we can also share that for you. And also... Where can we find you? Yeah, so I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I also have Pinterest, but I think Instagram and Facebook is better. <laughs> so on Facebook, I am Ursula Mabolia. And on Instagram, I think if you type the same, you'll find me. But my ad is at Urs Mabolia. Okay. Um, the Solange Foundation. I think you would have to come back uh, for us to talk about that. Because, I mean, that's yes, also... Yes, I have a lot to talk about that too. So, I would definitely See? come back. See, peeps. Um, all right. So, uh, thank you very much, um, Ursula Mobolia, for mm-hmm. being here. For sharing your great wisdom, your your life, even, uh, with us. It's not easy. Before we go, because I think, you know, during this conversation, I found that... You really opening up yourself mm. through this book, even on this on this show, 
this is really something that is within you. This is like something you would pr- probably want to keep cra- private. So it takes yes. a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, um, um, let's say, process to even mm-hmm. to get to this, to to this place where you are now. You call yes. yourself an introvert, but yes. here you are <laughs> <laughs> talking on uh, on African focus. You have we have dozens of listeners, um, and this is going to be a playback. But here you are exposing your yourself. Yes, that's true. I am a very private person. But the fact that I can talk about it, it means that I've given it a place. So the fact that I can even answer questions without breaking down, it shows that I've given it a place. So yeah. So even the book is very personal. So even strangers will know my personal business, but it's okay. If it helps one person to get healed, one person to get better, one person to get informed, I'm okay with that. Amazing. On that note, um, thank you. And uh, thank you, listeners, for listening, um, uh, for for tuning in. And next week, we have a guest. We have Mary Lee J. Um, is supposed to come in, uh, I think, a week ago. But due to circumstances, that was rescheduled. So we will have her coming in next week on the finances. So family finances and all of that here on Africa on Focus. Enjoy your evening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Africa on Focus. We air live every Sunday on High Radio from 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Join the Africa on Focus platform on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Africa on Focus or visit www.africaonfocus.com. And follow me on all your social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Miss Abba. Shout out to High Radio and Q Vibe for the jingle.